0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport Podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a show dedicated to young believers pursuing the goal of healthy marriage and family. You know, we live in a world where getting married and starting a family is far too often postponed for longer than God designed and pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things. But the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As young believers, we have the choice to prioritize what matters most in our lives every day and to live face-to-face with God and others. Every Thursday and Sunday on this show, I'll be sharing research conducting interviews and reviewing articles on the importance of marriage and family for society. I'll also be releasing exclusive content such as spoken word poetry, allegorical short stories, and bonus episodes for subscribers. Friends, God did not set us up to live life alone. The truth of the matter is that every minute of your adult life that you wait to marry is a minute of your life that you're not spending with your life partner. While some might be content to live with the consequences of this arrangement, I would argue that those who wish to spend as much of their life as possible with their mate are perfectly within reason and soundness of value to do so it is my deepest hope that this podcast inspires generation z to pursue marriage become the best spouses and parents the world has ever seen serve with furious intentionality love well and discover the joy of hanging the moon for another to access my sources subscribe to the show or get your copy of my latest book visit anchor.fm seth hensley or check out the show notes of each episode Hey everyone, welcome to episode 85 of the Restoring Report podcast. I'm super excited for the content we've got planned out for you guys today as always. I think this is going to be a pretty funny video. This is a podcast about keeping marriage and family as central goals for young believers and prioritizing relationship in a world of many distraction. Today I'm going to be reviewing a Matt Walsh video entitled How to and Not to Date to Get Buried. This is right in line with the um, the Purpose, the vision, the mission of this podcast. So it's going to be really funny, I think. Uh, based on what I know uh, on this um, about this speaker's take on dating in the modern world, I think this is going to be a pretty funny video. But we'll see. Probably a lot of laughter involved in this one. So let's go ahead and get into it. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it.
1: As a married man, you know, I look at the, the modern dating scene, like someone who ran out of a burning building seconds before it collapsed. <laughs> Somebody on Twitter recently said that uh, married people these days must feel like they caught the last chopper out of Nam. And perhaps that's the better analogy. Whichever image you prefer, the point is that I wake up every day grateful to be married, mostly because, you know, I love my wife and my family, but also because I simply could not be a single man in this environment. <laughs> I, I would have already become a monk or a hermit in the woods by now. I don't say this to rub it in the faces of people in the audience who are single. I say it more as encouragement, really, for any who are married. Because even if you're struggling in your marriage, even if you and your spouse have hit hard times, consider that the alternative is to wander alone in this barren wasteland. (laughs) Realize that all you have is each other. Out there, it's dark and cold, and you'll likely die shivering and alone. (laughs) So your marriage is your shelter. Be grateful for it. Stop screwing it up. Do you really want to start over again in this environment? Would you really prefer to be out there dating during the zombie apocalypse? Again, I'm not trying to make single people feel bad. It's more that I'm I'm commiserating with you. So there's a lot that can be said about the lack of proportionality when the Internet mob sets its sights on someone. Local news stories become global concerns. And stories that wouldn't even be fit to air on the local news or to be written on a note card and tacked to a bulletin board somewhere still turn into national affairs. We could say plenty about that, but that's not what we're focused on today. Dating is the issue. And this story reveals its myriad pitfalls in our current climate. The whole scene is, is one big pit that so many millions fall into and never manage to escape. Marriage rates are plummeting rapidly and historically in this country. So that as of two years ago, as of just two years ago, less than half of the households in the U.S. consisted of married couples and families. Now, to put that in perspective, in 1950, that number was 80%.
0: Yeah, and I would just like to interject here, guys. We think that's uh, a lot of people would actually argue that that's a positive change, that there's more variety and diversity and all the they use all this language that makes it seem like a good thing. But that is really one of the worst thing that things that's happened to us, Uh, not only as young believers, but as you know, a country in general, it's it's bad for children. It's bad for men. It's bad for women. It's bad for everybody all around. Um, but I'd say that if I had to pick one of those three categories that have been most negatively affected by the lack of, um, married, of marriage and uh, couples living together in a, in a mutually beneficial relationship, I would say that men have drawn the short straw. Um, and what I mean by that is I think the consequences for men are the most severe when marriage is not prioritized and healthy. If that makes sense, I would say that um, marriage is a ma- women who don't marry miss out on a better life, and men who don't marry live a poor life. Generally speaking, is how I would put it. Uh, men are less capable of living without a um, permanent close relationship with a woman than um, than men are, right? Or than women are. Sorry, women are a little more capable of um, l- leading a healthy life without that but even as a general rule i would say they're missing out on what could be a better life and uh, men are just living a a poor life by choosing to remain unmarried and not pursue that so that's what i would i I would that's what i would
1: um, interject there the 80 percent of the households featured a married couple was was a family with a married couple now it's less than half and the numbers are still trending downward there are numerous reasons for this catastrophic shift but certainly one of the most prominent reasons is that our social system for matching people up, pairing them off, and setting them on the path towards marriage, and parenthood, and real adult life is fundamentally broken. So for one thing, everyone of course is using dating apps now, which are which are different even from the dating sites of ancient times back in the early 2000s when I was, when I was single. We had the dating websites, and back then you would fill out a lengthy profile and you'd be given in return a comparatively small group of potential matches to contact. But now those old-fashioned websites have been replaced by apps which are much easier to use and to peruse, and most people have more than one that they monitor at any given time. It doesn't require any effort or commitment to use the apps, and the user sort of swipes through it very quickly, casually discarding potential matches based on nothing but a cursory glance at their photograph. So all judgments are made visually, which already distorts the entire process because a woman's romantic attraction is not naturally as visually based as a man's.
0: What I will say there, though, is not all guys just are just going through dating apps, just swiping left and right, you know, immediately. Some of them are actually using it for um to actually see if to get a glimpse of the person and how they present themselves online. Like for example, when I've used these apps that he's referring to in the past before, I don't think they work very well, and I don't think they're a you know a, a solid means of finding dates. But what I will say about them is. Uh, people get to choose how to present themselves online and they, um, they do so. So you get to see how they're presenting themselves online through those dating apps in a way that you might not, if you just, you know, met them, um, you know, in person. And that's not a big thing, but it is also something, right? Um, I've noticed that people who are on Facebook say very, uh, they they really say what they think. They really say what they think. Um, they say, without really being nervous about, you know, coming across a way they they wouldn't intend to be. They they speak what's on their mind. They speak honestly. Uh, there's often even some some form, however shallow, of vulnerability because people share things on Facebook that they've never talked to me about personally, face to face. And I think that's because the internet provides a barrier, kind of a mask for people to say things. Um, that they wouldn't normally say face to face with people, which can be a good thing, can be a bad thing. Um, I don't think it's a good idea to talk about politics on on, on Facebook because you do, you end up uh, forgetting that you're actually talking to people and you just end up shouting at what you perceive to be a profile picture, spewing what you think is nonsense. Hi guys, this is just a quick reminder that you can use the link in the show notes to send me a voice message with a comment or a question. So, but when it comes to dating, um, I think Facebook profiles are a very good thing to look at before you. You know, or when you're considering to get to um, to know somebody, uh, first of all, you can see if they're in a relationship or not. You can see if they're single. You can see if they're looking. Even um, you can see w- how they present themselves on the online through their photographs. You can see uh, how their family life is uh, not uh, not fully, but you can glimpse if they're actually involved with their family based on their pictures, how who they have pictures with. Um, you can see what kind of humor they post. You can see what kind of material they post. You can see. Um, really their opinion on a lot of serious issues just instantly, which I think is nice. Um, for a number of reasons, but I just think that uh, that's nice. The dating apps he's talking about are similar in that they, they cover all the big bases. Most people, well, some people get on there and they only post pictures. They don't add any more information about themselves, but other people do add the information. And I've always looked at that in the past when I've been. Uh, when when somebody has struck struck me when their appearance has struck me, I then immediately proceed to look through everything that um, they've they've written about themselves, they've either a written about themselves or B like filled out the information that they've filled out about themselves and that that's really super helpful so I wouldn't be as condemning um, about it as he is. but I also don't think that online dating is a very very good uh, means of um, pursuing the goal of marriage essentially.
1: And that's how a slovenly ogre like myself ends up marrying a hot woman. Because a woman is attracted to personality, sense of humor, intelligence. But little of that translates through an app. Which means that many quality mates are sent to the junk folder just because they're bad at taking selfies. Meanwhile, there are far too many choices. So the modern dating scene is what happens when every beggar becomes a chooser. Everyone is lonely and desperate for companionship, but the field is so flooded with options... There's such a surplus that you begin to feel like, kind of like I feel when I'm in the condiment aisle at Walmart trying to buy mustard. And there are 197 different types of mustard. And though all I want is just regular mustard, the overwhelming array of options paralyzes me. And I'm just standing there slack-jawed, questioning whether I should be settling for just regular mustard when I could be getting gourmet, Dijon, whole grain, honey, French, yellow, spicy brown, white, yellow, German mustard instead.
0: He just basically summarized a, one of our podcast episodes entitled The Paralysis of Choice. We reviewed an article about a, uh, an experiment, a social experiment done at a mall where they set up a kiosk with three options and uh, three options of jam, and what they found was that lots and lots and lots of people bought the jam when they had three options. They set up the same kiosk with one jam, only one. They found that fewer people bought the jam, but still quite a few, and then they set up the experiment a third time where they had like 26 different types of jam, and almost nobody bought the jam in that experiment because there were so many options that people were basically overwhelmed They, they had too much information in front of them. They had too much to choose from. They only had a certain amount of time. They didn't want to make a wrong choice and regret their decision and have to bring their product back to buy a new one, to look again. There's just this laundry list of things they didn't want to have to do. So they didn't buy product. And the the kind of the point there, the illustration there is that there is such a thing as too many options. There is such a thing as too many options that it is totally applicable to the dating landscape. And I'm glad he pointed that out. I see very few people saying that. Um, there's people think that it's a good thing to actually go abroad and expand your circles to the point of like you know everybody in a in the in the country is sent you have access sorry, not you know everybody, you have access to everybody in entire cities through social media, through your online presence, through the networks that you move in in real life. Um, but that's simply not a good idea if you ask me, because there are so many options there that it's actually more options than you're intended to have. Here's how I think of it. I'm always kind of a naturalist in the sense of what you, when you come out of the womb, what you have access to in a, in a nat, in the natural world without the interference of man is kind of what you're intended to have access to. So let's say I think we can all agree that, you know, planes, cars, the internet, all those things are man-made inventions. If you don't have access to those things, if man doesn't interfere and give you those things, you're naturally only going to have access to probably, you know, at most 500 people that you meet in your immediate village, your immediate vicinity, your immediate town, your immediate city, uh, your immediate neighborhood even. So, and that that's that's as applicable yesterday, years ago, as it is today. So what I'm saying there is maybe you're only intended to have access to 500 people or so. You know, I think it's worth noting that the average number of Facebook friends that a person has is 500. I believe somebody told me that I can't remember where I read that or uh, told me that I can't remember, but I think it was, I think it was my mentor who told me that the average number of Facebook friends a person had was 500. So when you start to go beyond that, what I've noticed is you can get paralyzed by the number of choices you have. So I think that is something worth considering and noting in your pursuit of uh, a healthy marriage and finding a mate through
1: dating in the modern world. All of modern life is plagued by this problem. Everything is plentiful and can be obtained effortlessly and cheaply. But it's too plentiful and too effortless and too cheap. So you can turn on your TV and watch literally any movie that's ever been made, any TV show that's ever been produced, and yet how many nights have you wasted scrolling through the infinite catalog and then settling on reruns of you know, The Office because there's nothing else to watch? Well, there's plenty to watch. It's just that you can't settle on any one thing because your awareness that there are billions of other possibilities gives you anxiety. And it makes it so that you can never be sure that you're choosing the absolute best option, which means that often you don't choose anything at all. So dating is like this. Whereas before you had only the eligible single people in your town to choose from, now you have the entire internet. You're not confined by geographic boundaries or any other boundaries. He's he's 100% on point here. Props to Matt Walsh
0: for saying this. I'm actually, this is the first time I've heard something said like this on an online platform ever for me. Uh, I've never heard somebody say something like this. This is awesome. Uh, props to him
1: for saying this. The result, ironically, is paralysis. Now, on the complete opposite end of the spectrum are arranged marriages. Instead of a boundless, never-ending buffet of options, a young person in a culture that practices arranged marriages will be assigned just one, and, it, and they don't even make the choice. Their families just pair them up and say, here you go. There's far less freedom and far less autonomy in a system of that sort, but it is without a doubt superior to our system. We we would be happier. Every person in the dating scene right now would be happier if they were just matched up with someone against their will.
0: You know, that's actually, he's got a startling point there. And it's not that, I'm not a proponent of forced arranged marriages. I'm not saying that at all. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it the dating scene of today is so inhospitable to actually finding a spouse that that system being paired up with somebody, being uh, set up is what we would call it today, being um, made into a match with somebody and sent on a date, a blind date, if you will. Um, that kind of thing has a better chance of working out than the, you know, scrolling through the millions of people and the the like, looking through your vast number of social circles for somebody. It really does. It has a better chance of su- succeeding. And where I would draw the line between arranged marriages and the modern um tender version of flip swiping left and right that we have today is that arranged marriages, if they're going to work, need to be optional in the sense of, um, the arranged marriage needs to occur. The family needs to, uh, families need to, you know, set people up. That's absolutely awesome. But in the end, I think the, the, the people getting married have the choice, right? They should obviously have the choice of whether or not they marry the person. That has to be a protected, um, a protected decision because if they don't have that protected decision, then, um, basically they're entering, they're making the most serious decision of their life other than their belief in Jesus on, they're, they're doing that because their family, uh, did it, right? They're doing that because their family did it. And that would not be a good way to enter a marriage at all, especially because I've talked about in other places, attraction has to be a key, right? Attraction has to be a key for all parties involved. And then uh, a marriage has a great chance of working out, right? So that's what I'm, that's what I would say there. I think um, the matchmaking thing is a great idea. I think we should be. Uh, taking more steps to, to set our friends up, guys, in the modern world, our friends and us included, we're not having a good time in the dating world today. So, I mean, if you see a friend who, um, is, 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 has done the work on themselves to be a healthy spouse and is looking for somebody, why don't you just set them up? You know, they would love to be set up. I guarantee you that. Um, and what I found is that I've, I've started recently trying to do that for people and they've been really receptive and grateful. So, you know, it's, 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 and there's been a recent resurgence of modern day matchmakers. I know, uh, Jackie Dorman, one of my, one of the people that I've come in to contact through, through my work on the show and through some of my mutual friends is a professional matchmaker. She sets people up for a living. And it's, it's just a new field that has arisen from the fact that people cannot find a spouse, much less even somebody to date in the modern world today. So they go to a professional to set them up. It's crazy. And every year she posts, um, we had this many marriages this season or every season she posts how many marriages they had based on her ministry. And it's just really cool, um, what she does for people. But my point there is guys, set your friends up, set your friends up, you know, I guarantee you they would appreciate it. Guarantee you they would love it. Sometimes all we need is a door in an opportunity Uh, a narrowing of choices in a sense to a good option. And then from there, if the attraction is there, we can decide whether or not to move forward. Right? So that's what I would say. I would great stuff coming here from Matt Walsh, Walsh, um, on this topic.
1: Of course, even after you settle on a match and you meet them in person, a whole new set of problem arises. It would be impossible to review the whole list, but one of the big problems is that if you're in the younger generations, You're meeting someone who was raised on the Internet, just like you. Having spent their formative years staring at screens, they oftentimes will not will not have developed the kind of interests and hobbies and rich interior life that could form the basis for conversation and for interpersonal bonding. You also don't know where to go on a date or what to do because nobody wants to do anything but stare at their phones. And as the relationship progresses, if it does, you'll find that the Internet also interferes with emotional intimacy because there's nothing private or sacred between you. Private private life doesn't exist anymore, especially for younger people. People live their whole lives in public, sharing everything with the world, and leaving no parts of themselves emotionally or very often physically that are special or exclusive for their significant other. And then there's the biggest hurdle of all, one which has been standing in the way ever since the modern concept of dating was first invented, Decades ago, but which has only grown larger and more insurmountable as the decades have gone by. And that is, there's no goal with dating. There's no end point. There's no resolution. There's no logical progression. So those women complain about getting ghosted by Caleb. But what are they really complaining about? Did they see him as marriage material? Were they even looking for a man to marry? I'm guessing not. And if not, then their relationship with Caleb was was doomed to fall apart anyway, sooner than later. That's so true, guys. You have, that's what we talk about
0: all the time on the show. You have to have the end goal of marriage before you enter a relationship. If that is not your end goal, if you're not actually pursuing that with the person, what the heck are you doing dating? Because the only alternative that leaves you with is a breakup. The only alternative that leaves you with is just sort of this fading out type of aimless, directionless, goalless, you know, relationship that will eventually fade probably sooner rather than later. You know, because there was no end point, there was was no end point. There was no goal of actually entering it for the long haul. There was no end goal of actually committing. You just you were just hanging out with the person, essentially, in a romantic sense, which is a terrible idea,
1: um, just all around. So he's got a great point there. Just as all of their other relationships before and since have. What difference does it make if he disappears after one date or if he sticks around and the whole thing dissolves after three months? Who cares? You're just hopping into one car after another and each is going over a cliff. Does it really matter if it tumbles over the edge after one mile or ten? The whole enterprise is so fundamentally hopeless and pointless that if anything, the Caleb's of the world do you a favor by wasting less of your time. So here's the reality. There's no reason to be dating at all unless you're specifically looking for somebody to marry. If you have no interest in marriage, then all of your romantic relationships are doomed before they start.
0: Yeah, that is where we're gonna end this video, guys. We're gonna do the second half of this video in the next podcast episode. I really enjoyed this video, not only for the humor interjected throughout that you perhaps have noticed. I've been cracking up the the entire time. He has a lot of really funny funny lines in there, but also just the perspective. There was a lot of wisdom in this video. I'm very pleased with uh, the fact that this is being put out there. There's a lot of good stuff in this video. I don't agree with ev- everything. I don't agree with absolutely everything, but the majority of that video was just on point. I mean, very good stuff. The, it, a sound diagnosis of where we are as a culture in the modern dating scene. Uh, not only a sound diagnosis, but a he didn't really provide solutions, he, but he was a very good diagnosis video, is what I would say. He's, he's identified the problems um, now it's it's about providing solutions or alternatives or, or um, alternative means of dating and pursuing the goal of marriage with somebody in a modern world, um, and th- I think that's a bit more of a challenge. <laughs> you know, it takes it, seeing a problem is is one kind of brilliance, but it takes another kind of brilliance entirely to actually uh, see a means of fixing that problem, and then it takes another type of brilliance entirely to actually implement and f- step in and actually make the solution. You know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of Effort and thought and time and, and and mind power that goes into fixing these problems, really, uh, guys. So I hope you've enjoyed this. Though I've really enjoyed this episode, uh, laughed a lot. Thought there was a lot of really profound stuff. I would encourage you to uh, check out the video, the full video in the show notes. I will include the link to it in the podcast show notes if you're interested there. Also, if you would have enjoyed listening to the show, reach out and let us know what you thought of the episode. Uh, through the link in the show notes, you can also send us a voice message in your own voice telling us what you thought about the episode, what you think about the show altogether, sending us questions, comments, uh, anything you would like. You can send us um, through that link. You can also follow us on social media at Facebook on Facebook and Instagram at Restoring Rapport if you are interested in our posts there as well. So thank you guys so much for listening today, and we will talk to you next time.